Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at East Coweta High School in Sharpsburg. We invite you to join us for our energetic and passionate worship services. Check us out at realchurchcoweta.com or search for us on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Man, that temptation is a horrible thing, isn't it? It's tough, isn't it? Very, very tough. Listen, we've been talking about change, and uh, what I found when I'm searching the text is, and the scriptures, is that there's a process of change that God wants us to go through. There's a process of change that God wants us to go through, and so what I want to do right now is, is I want to take some time to go through a lot of the things that we've talked about, all right? There are some elements of change that you can see in your life, that if you follow those things, that you'll start seeing more fruit in your life, all right? And that's what we want now. Seeing fruit in your life is, uh, is a church term, and so um, a lot of us may not be church. Fruit just means great things that come about, all right? Things that you see, progress that you've made, things that come about because you have submitted yourself over to what God's plan is for your life. That's what church people call fruit, all right? Good things that we can see. And so what I want to do right now is I want to go through the very things we've talked about in the process of change. The first thing is this. It's identifying the need. All right? Here they are. Identifying the need. What does that mean? Let me tell you what it means. What it means is that sometimes we recognize readily what our change needs to be. All right? We already know. We already know what it is. But sometimes, sometimes you have to find out from other people. And sometimes God himself will reveal to you what the change needs to be in your life. Identifying the need. The first step in change is actually realizing that you need to change. A lot of us go through life and we deal with the same thing that we've been dealing with since we were young. Since maybe we were small. Maybe you've carried that thing around and you've walked with it and it's gotten in your way and you've fallen over it and all those things. And we know what we need to change. But some people have a little more difficult problem with that. Some people have to identify the change. And a lot of times what happens is, is that a close friend, a loved one, a spouse, you know, whenever I got married, I thought I knew it all. I did. And God sent my wife, Wendy, to tell me I didn't. All right? Did anybody else have that situation too? All right? I thought I knew it all, but God sent Wendy to tell me that I didn't. And so sometimes God uses other people. Um, Letting go of the baggage is number two. Letting go of the baggage is simply this. A lot of us carry around weights that we've carried around forever, and we need to lay those things down. Now, some of that baggage can be number three, removing the labels. Maybe, uh, and I shared this with you guys, you know, I was never a good student in, in school. All right, in school, I was not a very good student. Not until I was about a junior in high school did I give a rip about school. I just didn't care about it. And so I was labeled kind of of a dummy is what I was labeled as. I was labeled as someone who wasn't really smart, okay? Wasn't really smart in school, wasn't really, you know, didn't apply myself in all those labels that I was given. Well, here's the problem with that. A lot of times what we do is, is we end up, we end up taking those labels and we live with those labels our whole life. Now, you don't walk around. I, don't, I didn't walk around saying, hey, guys, I'm Barry. I'm a dummy. Nice to meet you. Hey, that's me. You know, I didn't walk around with a hat that said dunce on it. I didn't do any of those things. But here's what I did do. 
Whenever I got ready to get my master's degree, I didn't apply for my master's program for six months. You know why I didn't apply for six months? Because there was an entrance test, okay? There was an entrance test to my master's degree. And I had to take that test and pass that test in order to get into my master's program. And can I be honest with you and tell you, I didn't think I could pass it. I didn't think I could get in. You know why I didn't think I could get in? Because I had been labeled a dummy back when I was in fourth grade in Ms. Hooper's class. All right? That's the truth. And so I didn't give myself the benefit of the doubt. And it took one of my friends. He came and I, he sat down with me and I said, hey, man, uh, what do you know about this, uh, this entrance exam? And he's like, <clears throat> to get your master's degree? I said, yeah. He said, what do you mean what do I know about it? You need to go do it. I said, no, man, I just, I don't think I, don't think I can pass it. And you know what he said? You're an idiot. And I said, I know. That's why I don't think I can pass it. <laughs> he did say that. It was funny. I said, well, thanks, man. Anything else you want to say positive before I leave here and go throw myself off a cliff? Anything else? No. Listen, we laughed about that. And he said, man, you're an idiot. He said, of course you can pass that. Are you kidding me? And he started pouring into me. And what I realized is this, and this is something I think we find out throughout our lives. Some of us are given parents and some of us are given people around us when we're growing up. Some of us are given people that pour into our lives and that constantly pour into our lives. But let me be real and tell you that some of our parents are dealing with stuff and they just don't do that. And so some, for some of us like me, I mean, I love my mom and dad, but, but for some of us like me, uh, other people, God has to send other people, other godly people to pour into my life. All right, that's what happened to me. I don't know what happened to you. But this person poured into my life, and I began to remove some of those labels and to let up some of those baggage. And then the next thing that we have to do is this. We have to align our lives with what God's Word says. Aligning our lives with what God's Word says means this, that when you read, when you read in the text where it says, be angry and sin not, it means that you then decide that you're going to, with God's help, begin to work on that problem of anger, all right? You're aligning your life with what God's Word says. You're in full alignment. I told you guys a story about getting a vehicle and putting four brand new tires on it. And within an eight-month eight month period, my tires were ruined. They were ruined. You know why? Because I was too cheap to get the alignment. And every time I would drive my car, it would start pulling to the right, you know what I mean? And I would pull it back. And it would start pulling to the right, and I would pull it back. And then what finally occurred is I went in, and he said, hey, he said, you need an alignment. I said, well, great. Give me an alignment. He said, well, that's fine, but here's the situation. I can give you an alignment, but the tires themselves, you're going to need new tires. I said, bro, I just bought new tires from you eight months ago. He said, yeah, I know, but you didn't have an alignment, and you've ruined the tires. Because now your tires, all they want to do is go to the right. <laughs> I said, yeah, you're right. They always want to go to the right. Uh, that's what you have to have, aligning your life with God. And then I began two weeks ago to tell you that you needed to remember your position in Christ and you needed to submit to God. Remember your position in Christ and then you needed to submit to God. Now, a lot of times, you guys, uh, in, in the service here and during my messages, I have a lot of stories. I have a lot of stories, and I'm going to be honest with you, some of those stories are kind of funny, all right? And I'm usually the punchline of the joke, but a lot of those stories are kind of funny. Can I just let you know, today's not going to be probably one of those days, all right? So if you have a pencil and a piece of paper, or if you have a cell phone, you might want to go ahead and, and, and write these things down. Get ready, because I want to try to help you today sum up this whole message. That's what I want to do. I want to try to help you sum up the whole message, all right? And so for the next 15 or 20 minutes, we're going to talk about how to change, why you have an inability to change a lot of times in your life, and then what God has to say about that. 
Okay, so I want to go ahead and start by looking at James chapter 4. James chapter 4 says this, uh, starting in verse 1, and I think we should have that up there. It says, What is causing quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desire at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme um, and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Uh, Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what gives you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy to God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. What do you think the scripture means when it says this, that the spirit of God is placed within us is filled with envy. But he gives us, and we talked about this last week, greater grace to stand against such uh, evil desires. As the scripture says, God supposes the proud, but he favors the humble. So he says this, so humble yourself before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Well, we find ourselves in a situation where we have this knowledge. We have the knowledge of I need to let go of the baggage. I need to let go of the labels um, if I have those things. I need to align my life with what God's Word says. I need to submit to God. I know that, all right? I need to make sure that I remember my position in Christ. And I, I need to, I, you know, if there's something that's within me, I need to ask God to help me identify the need. Verse 6 and 7 says this. It says that we are to humble ourselves. And I love the part, and I've never noticed this before until going through this study, but I love the part where it says this. You know, a lot of times we think that if we don't humble ourselves, that, you know, that we just, we're not gonna, we're not gonna please God, but we don't really think about anything. Listen, I love that it says, if you don't humble yourself, that God not only is not pleased with you, he, he opposes you actually. And when you oppose someone, it's kind of active. It's an active thing. He opposes you. He wants you to humble yourself. And remember last week we talked about submitting, which means to put ourselves underneath, underneath who God is. And so if Philip's back there, I want to ask him to go ahead and bring up, I'm going to move this over here, to go ahead and bring up those chairs for me. I've done this once before with you guys, and I want to recap this again, and I want to, but I want to go a little bit deeper than I have last time. Just put them up here, if you would, please. Thank you so much. And so these chairs are going to represent different aspects of your life. All right, and so I want to talk about this because the thing I want you guys to know is, is that you'll have no change. You'll have no change until you decide to let the Spirit lead your life. All right, you'll have no change until you decide to let the Spirit, to let the Spirit lead your life. What are these chairs? Well, let me tell you what these chairs are. All right, these chairs represent you. These three chairs are who you are. All right, every one of us are born with a body. All right. Everybody takes it right now and pinch yourself. All right. Pinch yourself. No, I'm serious. I want you to pinch yourself. Caroline, pinch yourself. I'm not kidding. No. Okay. Pinch her. Her brother's here. He'll pinch her. All right. Listen, pinch yourself. You feel that? You know what that is? That's a body. All right. That's who you are. That's the thing that, and if you're like me, you try to, you, you, you roll around some treadmill or roll around some track trying to keep in some type of shape that doesn't look like a globe. Okay. That's, That's your body. That's who you are. And so we're all born with this body. 
okay? As a matter of fact, the text says this. The text says in Genesis that God created us, all right? He created us, and he formed us out of the earth. He created this body, all right? And the scripture says that we were created in his image, all right? And so we all have this body. Now, the text oftentimes calls this flesh, all right? And so when you read a text that says, don't feed the flesh, that's what it's talking about, all right? It's talking about the body. That's what it's talking about. But we're not just a body, all right? We're not just a body. As a matter of fact, this is what separates us from animals. Now, I know you think your dog's going to heaven, all right? And he knows what you're saying, okay? He probably doesn't. He probably wants to eat his own turd and have uh, something to drink. I mean, that's what a dog is. I mean, let's be honest here. That's what separates us. It is. It's what separates us from who? From other people. And so you have, you have this flesh here. Now, there's a difference. We go over into another thing. Now, this is called, the scripture calls this the sucra, okay? The sucra is what this is called. And you say, what's sucra? Well, it means life. It means life. So this is the body and this is the soul. All right, we all have a body and a soul. We all have that. That's how he created us to be. The scripture says, that, that, that is our sucra. And so when it says this, I came that you may have sucra and have sucra to the abundance. All right, that's what it means. I came that you may have life and have life to the abundance. Now, what is this? What this makes up is this. This makes up your personality. All right. This makes up your emotions. This makes up your thoughts. All right. This makes up your ability to learn and to reason, all of those things is in the second thing. All of the thing is in your soul, all right? And we're going to look at a text that talks about this area of your life because if you don't realize that you're made up of these three, then you're going to miss, you're going to miss actually what the text actually even says. You're going to miss it. And so you have the body and the soul, all right. Now, before, before the Garden of Eden incident, all right, before the Garden of Eden incident, before they sinned, before they did that, you had a third. And it's your spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. You had a spirit here. And before, before the Garden of Eden incident, Eden incident this was a complete man. This was who it was. This is who Adam and Eve was. This is them right here, all right? And so, but I want you to get something. The way, the way that God communicates to you, I want you to listen. The avenue by which God communicates to you is not in your, in your, in your body. And it's not in your soul. It's, it's, in, your, it's in your spirit. And we know that because the thing that happened the thing that happened the minute they ate the apple was that this was removed because of disobedience. And suddenly the scripture says this, and they recognized that they were naked. It is why one of the first questions that God asked is he said, hey, who told you you were naked? Who told you that? Who told you that? See, and there's a lot of interesting things here because the next thing I'll tell you is, is that we need to resist the devil. But I want you to understand something. The area at which the devil, devil can operate in you is not here. The devil does not have the ability to operate in your spirit. That's God's realm. That's where you get information from God from, not the devil. Do you know where the devil operates in? Can you guess? Right here. 
And I want you to get something. As long as you continue to allow this area, your soul, that is not submitted to your spirit, as long as you allow this to run your flesh, the best you're going to be able to do is the best you can do. Now, let me say something. The text just said that, and you know, and you know, that that within us is envious, all right? It's envious, but God gives greater grace is what he says. So he's talking about your soul here. And what's happening is, is that you are reading books by Oprah, all right? All right? You're reading books by Oprah. She has, a, I think she had a segment called Remember My Spirit. She wasn't talking about, she should have said Remember My Soul because that's what she's talking about. Because she wants to make you feel good, which, you know, if Oprah Winfrey wants to come here and tithe, that's her issue. All right, I, you know, that's fine. But, but she wants to make you feel good and she, and because that's what we feed. I want to tell you something. The majority of the time, whenever we have an issue in our life, whenever there's something in our life that's bothering us, do you know what, do you know what we feed more than anything else? We feed the soul. That's what we feed. We go buy a book about emotions, and we read a book about emotions. Or, or, or we go, and we, we, we take you know, a, a self. That's why, let me tell you something. I love counseling, all right? I love counseling for people. And I tell you this, if you've never been to counseling, go for at least one time. And everybody always laughs when I say that, but I mean that. You may need to go. You may need to go. Go and experience that. But let me tell you something. Don't go to a counselor that can only deal with these two aspects of your life. That's why I tell all people all the time, if you're going to go to a counselor, you go to a Christian counselor. Because see, when you go to a Christian counselor, the foundation is found here where God speaks and if you want to truly be whole and healed, then you want God to speak to you. And he does it through here. And that's what a Christian counselor can do. See, the Christian counselor is not only looking, you know, is I'm okay, you're okay. All right. He's not, they're not only looking at that. They're looking at God's aspect of it here. The battle, though, lies between here and here. That's where the battle lies in your life. And I want to say something to you. The reason that you have not changed the reason that you have not changed is because you have not allowed, you have not allowed God to enter into the equation. As a matter of fact, if you've never submitted to God, if you've never allowed God to come in and save you, this is what your life looks like now. Have you ever wondered why some people aren't saved, but they're still pretty good people? You ever wondered that? Well, this is why. Listen, you can be a pretty good person, from your soul, you can be a pretty good person. You know, you can read books and you can do counseling and you can do, you can do all those things. You know, your personality can be great. You can have a great, you know, whatever, successful life and all that stuff just with these two. But the problem is, is that these two don't take into consideration the wholeness that comes in whenever you allow the spirit to enter in. And so as someone who's unsaved, this is what their life looks like. They are allowing their soul to run through and control their flesh. That's why whenever you get emotional, I know none of you have ever done this, but whenever you get emotional and you start flaring up in your emotions and instead of going to what God wants you to do here, you don't do that. You stay here in the middle and you get all emotional. And instead of turning to God and saying, God, I know your word says that I can be angry and I can sin not. I know your word says that I can do that. Help me do that now, Lord. Instead of doing that, you know what you do? You go right 
into the flesh. And you do something like this. You ever do that? Not maybe knock that, but you ever do that? Am I the only one that does that? I mean, am I it? You ever do that? Why is that? Why is that? Why, why is it, listen, why is it that time after time after time after time, why is it, why is it that I always operate and I bounce back between these two? Why is that? Why is that? Let me tell you why it is. And I love how Tony Evans puts this. Because when you gave your life to Christ, a seed was planted in your life. A seed was planted in your life. When you gave your life over to Christ, a seed was planted. And that seed was planted right here. It was right here. The seed of God was planted in your life. And it's there. It's there. But you got to water it. You got to feed it. And you got to let it and help it grow. You got to do the things that helps it grow. How many people have ever planted a seed? You know, Wendy bought some seeds the other day at the store. Uh, I don't know why, because we both kill everything we've ever grown. I mean, it's like we throw a seed in, and it grows, and then all of a sudden it just dies. All right? Um, and so, but she bought some seeds at the store. And, and I, I think, well, I don't, I'm not sure all the stuff she bought, uh, but it's a bunch of herbs and stuff. And so, wouldn't it be terrible uh, if, uh, um, if, if, if I wanted some kind of herb, and I, we planted it in the pot, we put it in the pot, and we left it alone. And I walked up the next day and I was like, hey, Wendy, they ain't working. I mean, you know, we planted them yesterday. Where's, the, where's, the, where's, where's our herbs at, man? I'm having to go to Kroger and buy herbs. What's the deal? Why am I going to Kroger again? I thought we bought these seeds. Next morning I get up. Where are they at? What's the deal here? Why aren't, why aren't they growing? Why aren't things growing? Well, it takes time. It takes time. And the truth is, is the majority of us, we're not patient enough to allow God's word to grow within us and to begin to change us. We're not patient enough. And so what we do is, after a few days, a week, two weeks, we start looking for other things to help soothe whatever our issue is. And we go right back to here. And we let our soul run our lives. Matthew 16 says this. You can look at it in your text. It's not going to be up there. Matthew chapter 16 says this. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any one of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. And other texts say this, deny yourself. You must deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. I want you to get that. If you haven't heard anything else in the series, here is the punchline, okay? If this is all a big joke, here's the punchline. If you want to change your life, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. Deny yourself means this, and I want you to write this down. You have to say no to you a lot of the time. Uh, did you guys get that? You have to say no to you a lot of the time. And you 
don't like saying no to you. You know, Wendy's a fantastic cook. But uh, there's a few things that Blake and I just don't like. And curry is one of them. Curry is Satan's lair for food. All right? And so I'll walk in and I'll go. And, I, you know, curry is one of those things that you don't just walk in and smell. You walk in and it goes, boo, it punches you right in the face. You know what I'm saying? That's what curry is. All right? So let me say something to you. I have an easy time saying no to me when she makes chicken curry. And she doesn't even make it anymore because of all the, we, Blake and I, right? You know, we've beat her into submission of not making it anymore. So now she has to go get it at a restaurant somewhere. But it's very easy for me to say no to that because it's not something I want. But let me tell you something. When she makes the chicken vegetable casserole thingy, I don't know what it's called, but I think angels come down and pop their wings on it every once in a while because it is so good. It's one of those things where your tongue beats your face up to get to it. I mean, it's like you're going at it, man. You know what I'm saying? Well, now let me tell you something. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult for me to tell me no when that comes around. See, it's easy. It's easy when the chicken curry pops out, but, but when, when the other stuff pops out, it's very difficult. But here's the truth. Denying yourself means telling yourself no a lot of the time. And hey, guys, let's be real here. You don't want to do that. You don't. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. And so you operate from here to here to here. One of the funniest things I've ever seen with teenagers, I was a student pastor for a long time, is that teenagers will operate from here to here to here to here to here to here. I'm talking about like in a matter of two. I just did two minutes worth. And they're still here. You know what I mean? And the funny thing is this. Instead of going to someone who can help them, like coming to someone who's an adult or whatever, they'll say, well, man, I'm going to go talk to my friend so-and-so. I'm like, bro, your friend so-and-so is a moron, and they're in the same pit as you are. But that's what we do. It's one of the reasons why we go to our friends a lot of the times instead of going to God. We don't want to deny ourselves. We don't want to do that. We don't want to deny ourselves. And so we live here, and we live our whole life bouncing back and forth from here to here to here to here, and we literally never allow God to have his say because the seed is here, but we've never watered it and we've never planted it and we've never done the things that God has asked us to do like follow him, like read his word, like communicate with him and pray to him. Not because, listen, not because you have to, because you want to. We've never done that. And so we wonder why time after time after time after time we fail and fail and fail and fail. And then a lot of times when we fail so much, we're like, well, I'm just mad at God. Really? Deny yourself. You know, the next part of that text says this, and I've shared this with you before. The next part of that text says this. It says, take up your cross. And remember, I don't know if you guys remember the story I told about the guy who had the cross. And I was like, man, that's crazy. He had a huge cross and he was dragging this cross, man, down the interstate. You remember the story? And what this is? He had two wheels on the bottom of the cross. He was cheating. He had, a, he had two wheels dragging down the interstate. You know? Two wheels. You can't do that. If you're taking up your cross, man, you've got to drag that sucker. Two wheels in the bottom is cheating. And a lot of us take that and we're like, oh, I've got to take up my cross. And so my cross is, is that 
is that, you know, uh, I was born into a bad family, or my cross is, is that my mom and dad didn't treat me right, or my cross is, is, and we go on and on and on and on and on. And can I tell you something? You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Do you know what a cross was from Jesus' time? You know what it was? It was what they were going to be killed on. That's what it was. It was what they were going to be killed on. When Jesus took up the cross, we're going to talk about it in a couple weeks for Easter. When Jesus took up the cross and he started walking with his cross, they made them carry their own cross. The thing that was going to kill them. Can I tell you who your cross is? Your cross is you. You're your cross. It's you. You're, you're the cross. You're, take up your cross is you. You have to die to you. I told someone this the other day. You need to wake up every morning, look in the mirror, and have a mini funeral for you. Today, I'm going to die to this. Today, I'm going to die to me. Today, I'm going to tell myself no. And I'm going to die to me. Instead of going, listen, instead of going, when I go, when I go over to that store, you know, like we saw last week, when I go over to that store, and, and when, when I know, I know that there's too much month at the end of the money, you been there? I know that I don't need to go buy that new shirt. I don't need to do this or do that. Because God's word says, and you start thinking, hey, and you start realizing. That's what God's word says. And you deny yourself. And you take up your cross and then you follow Christ. Here's what it says. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. If you try to hang on to your sucra, you'll lose it. If you try to hang on to your... That's what it says. If you try to hang on to it, you're going to lose it. But if you give it up, if you give it up for my sake, if you give it up for my sake, then you are going to find it. And what do you benefit the whole world and lose your soul? What does it benefit? What does it benefit? Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. So, let's wrap up. Do you want to change? Do you want to change the thing that you've written down? Do you want to change? If you do, here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you to deny yourself. Take up your cross, which is you, and all those things that you think that you need to do or say or whatever, and kill those things. And then follow Jesus. An amazing thing happens whenever you begin to live. That's why, listen, y'all, that's why whenever you know you're in God's will, you have unbelievable peace. You know, it's funny. Whenever in a couple months our students are going to go to camp, and what will happen is, is they'll go to camp, and suddenly, suddenly, Buckets upon buckets of water are going to be poured onto this area in their life. 
I'm talking about they're going to get it every way. Buckets upon buckets are going to go. And we're going to start on, on Monday night or so. It, it, they're not going to be as kind of open. But on Tuesday afternoon and Wednesday, we'll start seeing God do work. And suddenly, you know, they'll not be worried about what hap- what's happening at home and all this stuff. They'll only be focused on this. And they'll be pouring into that and pouring into that. And we see, and all of a sudden, by Thursday evening, you'll see a freedom that comes over them and the peace. And then two weeks later, they come back and they're like, I don't know why I can't get that feeling again. Well, you, you kind of you can get that feeling again. You just have to keep following him. And you have to keep denying yourself. It's an amazing thing. You know what? You know what kids do? I would have to pull a cell phone out of a kid's cold, dead hands at a youth group meeting. All right? I'm talking about dragging it. But you know what's amazing? After a couple of days at camp, and if I were to say, hey, guys, let's, let's, let's go ahead and focus only on God. You know what they're like? Here, man, here's my phone, bro. Here you go, man. For real. You giving yours up, man? Hey. I'm like, man, what in the world's gotten into these folks? You know what's gotten into them? They started feeding their spirit. You want to change? You have to deny yourself. Tell yourself no. Take up your cross, which means daily die to yourself, and follow. And follow. One of the saddest things I've ever seen is 75-year-old baby Christians. Baby Christians. They've been in church since they were, you know, uh, about six months pregnant, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the mom was. Can you come get this, Philip? About six months pregnant. And the saddest thing I've ever seen is a baby Christian who's 75 or 76 or 77, who spent their whole life in church, but they've never died to self, and they've never told themselves no. And all they've ever had was religion. And they've never grown. The seed is there. They're saved. But the abundant life, the abundant sucra comes whenever you submit to it, whenever you pour into it, whenever you water it, whenever you do those things. That's where the abundant light comes. And that, listen, that is how God changes us. That's how he changes us. I hope that you will start today telling yourself no And I hope that you will submit to what God's plan is for your life. Let me pray for you. Lord, your word is an amazing thing. God, your word, uh, man, it is, I tell you, it is is so uh, convicting and it is so absolutely uh, spot on for our lives. People that don't think that you created us, Lord, amaze me because your, your word, your word rings so true to my life. God, let us be people that turn towards your word, that die to ourselves. Let us be people that turn towards your word. The only true life, God, is life that you give, and it's us turning toward your word. God, I'm just, I'm thankful for the people that are here. 
my prayer is, is that someone today heard this and said, man, I've been doing it all wrong. I've been looking for self-help books and I've been looking for all kinds of stuff. But the truth is, is that God's got the answer right there. I've been trying to feed my soul when I should have been feeding my spirit. My prayer is, is that we will be led by the spirit that will allow us to deny ourselves, resist Satan, and do what you ask us to do and live an abundant sukra, an abundant life. Lord, let us be people that turn our hearts and our minds towards you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, one of the best things you can do in your life is to give it up and to follow Jesus. Maybe you've never made a decision to do that. If you haven't ever made a decision to do that, I want to encourage you this morning during our time of worship to come down front. I want to encourage you to come down here and to literally, and let me say something, there's nothing magical about you coming down here, all right? Literally tomorrow afternoon at about one o'clock, there's going to be a snot-nosed kid that's going to be eating a cheeseburger right here. So there's nothing magical about this spot. What is, is what's in your heart and what God's done in your heart. And so if you've never done that, I want you to come down here and let's talk about it. Let's pray through it. If you've never done that. Maybe you've never been submissive to baptism. Maybe you gave your life to Christ a long time ago, but you're like, you know, man, I'm just not about all this baptism stuff. Listen, if you've never been baptized, if you gave your heart to Christ and you've never been baptized, come on, come on down front. Let's talk about it. Maybe you guys want to join us. Maybe you're like, you know what? Um, I, I need to be plugged in here. We'd love to have your family. Come on down. Come on down and hang out with us. I'll be down front to pray with you. Let's stand up and let's worship. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you'd like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and you'll find our contact information under the contact tab. We would like to have you join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays at East Coweta High in Sharpsburg. Until next time, God bless you and take care.